you. Thank you, guys. Week in and week out, you show up. And uh, I appreciate it, and I know the folks do. Uh, man, isn't it a beautiful weekend? We uh, we had some grass cutting going on yesterday at the Unity Center and the Potter's House. and It's just a great, beautiful day. And I want to thank all those guys for, for showing up uh, yesterday. It was um, uh, a bunch of us. We... We have got a new award coming. Um, Doug Burns showed up about the time we were we were finishing up at the Unity Center yesterday, and we gave him what we call the Blister Award. A blister shows up after the work is done, but we want to. Uh, I wanted to recognize him for receiving that war, award this week. But he did redeem it, redeem himself by cutting the, the Potter's house. But um, anyway, if you want to take out your message notes. We're in part nine of this series, uh, uh, Rethinking Your Life. Last week, we defined sin, and, and we said sin is the opposite of God and good. We said sin is the opposite of love. And sin is always selfishness, and sin is always unbelief. Then we started in, we got the first half of what's the problem with sin. We talked about the first three was, I was born with a selfish desire to sin. Then we said sin breaks my fellowship with God then the last thing we talked about was every time I sin something dies inside of me all right so if you guys want to pull out your notes and we're going to jump right into to number four on what's the problem with sin is this my sin may be a secret but it's never private it's never private it always affects other people even if no one knows about it now the reason that it's never private is this first uh, it, it it's going to eventually be made known it's going to come out here on earth or at the judgment day but it's going to be known numbers 32 23 says you may be sure that your sin will find you out it is never private and that's kind of scary when you when you read that verse you know i, I was sitting here reading this i thought every politician should would should memorize that verse because the cover-up is always worse than the sin i mean i was sitting there when i think about politicians most most americans are pretty forgiving people if someone stands up and they say you know i'm wrong i i, I messed up will you forgive me most of us will forgive them. But it's the person who covers it up. There's a verse that goes with that. If you cover up your sin, you cannot be successful. But if you confess it, forsake it, you get another chance. What I'm saying in all of that is you can't hide. You can't hide. The other reason that it's never private is this. is because everything that you do, good or bad, affects other people even if they don't know what's going on behind it you know i'll just give you me as an example if i had had stayed up uh, all night doing some we'll call it immoral thing you may not know it but you would see that i'm just not with it this morning i'm just not as sharp i don't have the spark 
you know, not said I got a big spark now, but you would say that he's tired. He's tired. Jim doesn't seem very real today. And you could see the results without knowing why they're there. You know, another thing is, is if I go a couple of days, you know, without spending time with God alone, if I, and, and, and not doing a, 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 a quiet time and not reading my Bible, not, not, not praying, I'm going to tell you something, guys. I noticed a difference in my life. If I go four or five days without a quiet time, without reading my Bible, without prayer time, then Angie, my wife, notices the difference in my life. I get a little cranky. I get a little on, on edge. If I went two to three weeks, I would venture to say that you guys would notice. You would notice if I wasn't spending time. Even if it was live stream, you would notice. Because you would see that, that Jim doesn't have the spiritual power in his life that he used to have. It doesn't look like he's been plugged in. You may not know what's going on, but you would see the results. Everything that you and I do affects other people. I really want you to get this. Everything that you and I do affects other people. You may say, well, Jim, it's, it's my life. Well, but the real issue is, is that you're hurting other people. You're hurting other people. You don't realize it, but I'm going to tell you what else it does. It limits your potential. The good that you could have done won't be done because of the sin in your life. And you're hurting other people. Next one, number five. Sin does long-term damage. Sin does long-term damage. That's a, that's a big problem with sin, is it does long-term damage. Lots of, lots of times we don't see the damage right away. And so we don't think there's going to be any damage. It's not immediate. But it's kind of like we've been talking about gardening a lot this week, and I've been going on checking on my garden with the Higgins. You know, I told you I learned something last year. It, it's kind of like planting a seed. You don't immediately see the sprout. It takes time. And then it grows. I'm going to tell you something, guys. You can take this to the bank. If you plant sin, you will harvest sin. Family life, business life. If you plant sin, you will harvest sin. It may be in a different season, but you will harvest sin. It will come out later in long-term results. You may not believe it, but that doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. There's spiritual laws and there's physical laws. God, I mean, God made the law of gravity. And, 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 and you may not believe that, but that doesn't make it untrue. You will reap what you sow. That's God's spiritual law. God's spiritual law. You know, you don't actually, how do I say this? You don't actually break God's commandments. They break you. You see, these commandments are unbreakable. Now, if I don't believe in the law of gravity, 
and I say, I want to jump off the Empire State Building because I don't believe. Now, it's good for several floors. I can see myself going by the, the 40th floor and say, Jim, how's it going? As I'm falling. I say, pretty good so far. But eventually, I will hit bottom. You see, I'm not going to break the law of gravity. It will break me. And lots of folks are, are sinning right now, and they think that they're, they're getting away with it. You know, so far, so good. But they're only halfway down. And then they hit bottom. The Bible says that your sins will find you out. There is a long-term result. Galatians 6, 7, and 8 says, Don't deceive yourself. You can't make a fool out of God. Whatever you plant is what you'll harvest. If you plant in the soil of your sinful nature, you'll harvest destruction. But if you plant in the soil of your spiritual nature, you'll harvest everlasting life. Everlasting life. We have since found out this. When you do a behavior over and over and over, it actually changes your brain. This is relatively new science. And the science is actually catching up with the Bible, with this new stuff. The Bible has talked about it for thousands of years. That sins of the father can be visited on the children or grandchildren or great-grandchildren. In the same way with sins of the mother. The anger, the lies, the cheating, the promiscuity. Sins get perpetuated in families through multiple generations. Repetition changes your brain, whether it's good or bad. I want to tell you, your brain can be molded, and that's good news. It can change. You don't have to suffer from depression and, and, and anger and lies. It can change. You don't have to be afraid. It can change. It's called repentance. To change the way you and I think. Jesus says that you can change your mind. When you change your mind, you change the way you feel. When you change the way you feel, you change the way you act. See, when you sin, it's not just you you're hurting. It's affecting future generations. Some of you have been hurt by your father. Some of you have been hurt by your mom's by your grandparents. But here's some good news. I want to tell you, you can break the chain. You can break the cycle. You can stop it. It stops right there with you. You do not have to pass it on to your children. You don't have to. You don't have to pass on the fear. You don't have to pass on the, the abuse. You can break the chains. It's your choice. But you need to know sin has long-term damage. I know for me, I want to live my life in such a way 
that my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, and my great-great-grandchildren that I'll probably never meet can be blessed, even if I've never held them. And I will never see them on, on this side of heaven. I want them to be blessed because of me trying to be a better dad and a better citizen and to do the right thing. I want them to be able to say, my great-great-grandfather was Jim Pinker, and I'm still getting blessed by him. He didn't do it all right, but he tried really hard. Number six, last one. Disobeying God is neither fun nor funny. Neither fun nor funny. We fall for one of Satan's biggest traps. Here it is. Satan wants us, uh, wants to make us laugh at sin. Because if we laugh at it, it lowers our resistance to it. And Satan introduces sin into society through comedy. Sitcoms, stand-up movies, shows. We, we laugh at sin. And we say, well, that ain't so bad. When we say, that ain't so bad. I want to tell you, it was sin that put Jesus on the cross. It was sin that put him on the cross. That's how serious it is. Sin ain't no laughing matter. Someone stumbling around drunk ain't funny. It's not a laughing matter. Proverbs 10.2 says, A fool's fun is in being bad. And that's true today. The bad people are the cool people. The bad people are the, are the sexy people. The bad people are the famous people. Look at the ESV. Doing wrong is like a joke to the fool. He's a fool. Doing wrong. If you think that sin is funny, then you're a fool. Then you're a fool. The fool that takes pleasure in it is doing wrong. We go to the movies and, and, and we enjoy people commit adultery. And that's foolish. We enjoy watching other people sin. If you do that, you're a fool. And that kind of stuff destroys people. I mean, I wouldn't invite a couple of folks to my house and say, come on in and commit adultery in front of me. But I might turn on my TV and watch it. It's foolish to fill my mind with those kind of thoughts. The fool takes pleasure in watching sin. Uh, I tell you this 
because I love you. And as your pastor, what I found out is when you love people, you tell them the truth. You tell them the truth. Romans 2, 5, and 8 says, Because of your stubbornness in refusing to repent and turn from your sins, you are storing up terrible punishment for yourself. For there is going to come a day of judgment when God will judge all people according to what they have done. He will give eternal life to those who seek God. But for those who are self-seeking and reject the truth and practice sin, they will face God's anger. All of us. That passage is, is sobering. Nobody wants to, to read that verse. But it's there. It's in the Bible. But there's good news. The good news is, is Jesus dying on the cross is the answer to everything that I just read in that verse. God came to earth himself so that you and I wouldn't have to go through that to die on the cross because he loved us. Well, how do I break free? I've told you all some, some maybe some stuff that's made you think. It's made me think this week about some of my habits and some of the things that, that I'm watching and some of the things that I laugh at. How do I break free? I mean, maybe you, like me, have stumbled on some things for years and years. Everybody has their areas that they stumble from. It might be anger, might be control, might be depression. I wrote anxiety, worry, fearful, lust. All of us have, have compulsions, some area. Everybody has something. Let me tell you something. Satan knows your area, and he'll work on it. We're all different. Well, how do you break free from, from, from these persistent things, that these things that may keep you falling all the time, that you don't want to talk about? It might be that, about to lie, adultery, anger, control, fear, worry, gossip. Are you just plain out rude? How? Four things, don't you write these down. Number one, understand what Jesus did for me. This is the starting point. We have to understand what Jesus did for me. This is where it starts. One of our biggest problems is that we want to solve our own sin problem. Guess what? The I is still in the middle. I'm the problem. Since birth, I have been the problem. There has to come this moment of humility, of, of gratefulness, where you understand what Jesus did for you. Let me look at 1 Peter 2.24. Jesus personally carried away. I love that word, personally. Jesus personally carried away our sins in his own body on the cross. So we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. Underline that word personally. Because when you underline that word personally, he did it for you. He did it for you. Jesus is personal. 
for all mankind. I, I, I don't like to tell anybody to take it personally, but take that personally. 2 Corinthians 13, 4. Although Jesus died on the cross in weakness, he now lives by the mighty power of God. We too are weak, but we live in him and have God's power. You know, we're okay, and we, we understand that Jesus died and paid the penalty for our sin. But I want to tell you something. This may be new for y'all. Jesus also dealt with the power of sin in our lives. He died to take away the power of sin in our lives. Now, as long as you're here on this earth, you're never going to be sinless. But you can sin less. Let me say that again. You're never going to be sinless, but you can sin less. You can grow. And God's power can cause sin patterns in your life to stop. But it's got to be by His power and not your power. So trust His power. Let me read you Romans 6. 6 through 8. If I can see it here. I picked the smallest writing Bible that I own. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. You and me, we have been set free. Set free. Jesus paid for our sins. That's good news. Freedom. Freedom. We've been set free. Number two, and I'm going to do these, these last three real quick. Because we've talked about them, you know, last week and this week, but I want to give the number two, let God give me a new nature. Let God give me a new nature. 1 John 3, 9 says, Those who have been born again into God's family will not continue in habitual sin because God's life is in them now. I want to read that again, and I want to read it real slow. I, I want you to see what I'm talking about here. Those who have been born again into God's family will not continue in habitual sin. Because God's life is in them now. I want you to take that verse. If there's any verse that I want you to let that soak in. Put it on your refrigerator. Romans 8 and 9. If you have the Spirit of God living in you, you are controlled by your new nature. You see, you and me, we have to make a conscious decision to want our new nature to win out. If you've been born again, if you've been born again and you continue in, in a habitual sin, you've chosen to. You've chosen to. You can't just say, well, that's just the way I am. Oh, that's just Jim. That's the way he is. That's just Tim. That's the way he is. Oh, you know, that's just Tate. No. You received a new nature. 
and it's your choice to remain in the old nature. My old nature. I was had fits of rage. I lost my temper. And I let that rule me for years. But about five, six years ago, I said, no. I'm going to let that be dealt with by my new nature, by the Spirit of God. I haven't lost my temper in five to six years. It can happen. Your new nature, you choose. You choose. Number three. We got to change the way that I think about sin. Sin ain't funny. It, it, it's not a comedy. It is serious. It put Jesus on the cross. Sin is the opposite of God. Romans 6, 10, 11 says, Jesus died to defeat sin once for all. Now he lives in and for God. In the same way, you should think of yourselves as dead to sin, but alive to the power of God in Christ Jesus. Romans 6, 12, 13. Do not let sin control the way you live anymore or do what your sinful nature wants to do. Don't let any part of your body become a tool of evil used for sinning. Instead, give yourselves completely to God since you have been given new life. Offer your body a as a tool for doing good for the glory of God. For the glory of God. Think about these verses. Meditate on them. Sin less. The last thing I've got written down there is this. Challenge the lie behind every temptation. I want to tell you as the musicians come up, if you challenge the lie behind every temptation, if I do this, you know what I'm talking about? The lies like, well, if I do this, I'll feel better. If I do this, I'll be happier. If you do this, things will work out great for me. You need to ask this question. What lie am I believing that's creating this temptation? It's no big deal. It's not a temptation. Everybody does it. Nobody will ever know. It's not that bad. All I'm asking you to do as your pastor is challenge the lie. Challenge the lie. I told you there's some problems with sin. I was born with a selfish desire to sin. Sin breaks my fellowship with God. Every time I sin, something dies inside of me. Number four, my sin may be secret, but it's never private. Sin does long-term damage. You can break the chain. Your, your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren can be blessed because of you. And the change you make today, May the 3rd, you can say it stops right here. My grandchildren will be proud of me. They will be blessed because of me. Disobeying God is neither fun nor funny. You can break free today. You got to understand that Jesus came to die for your sins. You don't have to keep trying. Let me pray for you. My Lord, I pray for the folks that 
they're the sound of my voice and they're watching this this live stream that that Lord that they uh, they be challenged and they be changed and that they repent and that the way they think about sin will be will change today the things they laughed at before won't be funny anymore and Lord that they will realize that that the sin that they're committing, even though it seems like no one knows it, and it might make things even easier for them, that their children or grandchildren may suffer for them. I pray that they would break the chain. Lord, I know I understand it. Their dads and their granddads might have been, you know, just, just terrible. They may not have been around. But today, they can stop that. They don't have to be governed by their past anymore. And that they can start today to create a future that's governed by the Spirit of God for their generations to come. Lord, I love you, and it's in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus that I pray.